Thank you for choosing to listen to the Emmaus Radio Ministry Podcast. Each of these messages were given by various faculty, staff, and friends of Emmaus Bible College. To view each series as a whole or for more information about similar Emmaus ministries, please visit concerninghim.com. We're looking at Joshua chapter 22 today. We finished up now with Joshua chapters uh, 13 through 21, the inheritance of the land, really the division of the land of Canaan. And now in verse uh, chapters 22, 23, uh, we are coming to, and 24, we're coming to the end of the book, and we're going to see the consecration of the children of Israel within their land here. Now in chapter 22, uh, we will see Joshua dispersing the people and the two and a half tribes that are going back to the Transjordan, the area across the, the Jordan River to the eastern side, are going to do something rather upsetting uh, in the eyes of the rest of the tribes. So let's read the first nine verses together of Joshua chapter 22. Then Joshua summoned the Reubenites and the Gadites and the half-tribe of Manasseh and said to them, You have kept all that Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, and have listened to my voice in all that I commanded you. You have not forsaken your brothers these many days to this day, but have kept the charge of the commandment of the Lord your God. And now the Lord your God has given rest to your brothers as he spoke to them. Therefore, turn now and go to your tents." For to the land of your possession, which Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you beyond the Jordan. Only be very careful to observe the commandment and the law which Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you to love the Lord your God and walk in all his ways and keep his commandments and hold fast to him and serve him with all your heart and with all your soul. So Joshua blessed them and sent them away, and they went to their tents. Now to the one half-tribe of Manasseh, Moses had given a possession in Bashan. But to the other half, Joshua gave a possession among their brothers westward beyond the Jordan. So when Joshua sent them away to their tents, he blessed them and said to them, Return to your tents with great riches and with very much livestock, with silver, gold, bronze, iron, with many, very many clothes. Divide the spoil of your enemies with your brothers." And the sons of Reuben, the sons of Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh returned home and departed from the sons of Israel at Shiloh, which is in the land of Canaan, to go to the land of Gilead, to the land of their possession, which they had possessed according to the command of the Lord through Moses. So in these first nine verses, they are uh, being dispersed now. Joshua is uh, committing them to the Lord. He's reminding them to obey and serve the Lord and allowing them to return to the other side of the Jordan River, just as Moses had given them their possession on that side already. So in these verses, we see uh, the faithfulness of God to his word, the faithfulness of Moses and of Joshua uh, to follow through with Moses' commands toward these people. It's very important that in verses 4 through 6, Joshua reminds these two and a half tribes that even where they are, sort of beyond 
the border of the Jordan, beyond the land of Canaan, they are still to adhere to the law of Moses. Verse 5, only be very careful to observe the commandment and the law which Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, to love the Lord your God and walk in all his ways. Keep his commandments and hold fast to him and serve him with all your heart and with all your soul. That's what they were to continue to do even in these homes that were uh, removed from the rest of the tribes. Joshua blesses them and sends them on their way. They are given riches and spoil uh, with them to take home and divide up with their families. And so this is the end of the war, the end of the inheritance. They're going home. Now they can settle uh, once again and build up their houses, return to their families. Remember, it's been uh, six, maybe seven years that they have been at war with Joshua now. And they're finally allowed to return to the land of their possession, their, their homes. Well, in verses 10 and following, we see something peculiar done by the two and a half tribes. Verse 10, And when they came to the region of the Jordan, which is in the land of Canaan, the sons of Reuben and the sons of Gad and the half-tribe of Manasseh built an altar there by the Jordan, a large altar in appearance. Now, this is immediately interesting to us. An altar was an area where sacrifices were to be made. The children of Israel were not simply to build an altar wherever they saw fit. Sacrifices were to be made at the tabernacle, within the tabernacle precinct. God had, through Moses and his revelation to the people of Israel at that time, established the sacrificial system through the tabernacle. And the tabernacle had come now to reside at the city of Shiloh. The people were not to simply build an altar wherever they saw fit, but to travel to Shiloh in order to make these sacrifices. This was the place that God had set apart uh, where his presence would reside within the Holy of Holies in the tabernacle, and he would um, allow the people to bring their sacrifices there to him to atone for the sins that they would commit. Now these two and a half tribes are building an altar by the Jordan River, and we are not told by the author here in verse 10 what the purpose of this altar was, but it would have been assumed by everyone that this altar was a typical altar for sacrifice. And in verse 11, that's the way the rest of the tribes take this act. Verse 11, the sons of Israel heard it and said, Behold, the sons of Reuben and the sons of Gad and the half-tribe of Manasseh have built an altar at the frontier of the land of Canaan in the region of the Jordan on the side belonging to the sons of Israel. Now, when I read verse 12, you're going to hear this, and you might think, wow, this is really extreme. But hold on, it will be explained. And when the sons of Israel heard it, the whole congregation of the sons of Israel gathered themselves at Shiloh to go up against them in war. Do you see what's happening here? The nine and a half tribes hear about this altar that's built down by the Jordan River, and they all gather together 
in one giant riot to go down against these two and a half tribes to kill them all. Why? What, what was so bad about what they were doing? Well, you remember earlier in this book, the sin of Achan after the, the battle of Jericho. Achan uh, committed this sin against the Lord by taking some of the uh, riches, the spoils of the city of Jericho and hiding them in his tent. And because of the sin of one man, the Lord affected the entire community so that they were not to, able to continue uh, victoriously in the land until that sin was dealt with. And then we have the sin of uh, the people of Israel not consulting the Lord when the Gibeonites come to them and the resulting things that uh, would happen to them as a result of that. Now, ultimately, the Lord was able to use Gibeon to bless Israel in spite of their deception and Israel's foolishness in making a covenant with them too quickly. Um, but uh, I think the point here in chapter 22 is that the people of Israel um, have really seen the importance, the significance of keeping God's word sacred. What God commands needs to be obeyed. God had said to them, uh, sacrifices to take place where the tabernacle is. So for them to build this uh, alternative altar down by the Jordan River was worthy of total destruction. And the people rise up together, gather together at Shiloh to go out and destroy these two and a half tribes because they've done this uh, idolatrous act in creating this altar in their minds, in their thinking. Verse 13, then the sons of, sons of Israel sent to the sons of Reuben and the sons of Gad and the half-tribe of Manasseh into the land of Gilead, Phinehas, the son of Eleazar, the priest, and with him ten chiefs, one chief for each father's household from each of the tribes of Israel, and each one of them was the head of their, his father's household among the thousands of Israel. Phineas, you might remember from the account in Numbers when the people of Israel are at the city of Baal Peor, and the uh, children of Israel start to uh, take women from uh, Moab, from Midian, and uh, they uh, have... Uh, relations with them, sexual relations with them that are idolatrous and uh, immoral. And in the presence of all the congregation, an Israelite man takes one of these women into his tent. And Phineas picks up a spear, and the Lord had sent a, a plague on the people because of this sin. And, and Phineas takes the spear into the tent and thrusts it through both of these individuals, ending the Lord's plague on the people. He was zealous for the holiness of the Lord. And here again, going out to meet these two and a half tribes, Phineas is just as zealous for the holiness of the Lord. Verse 15, they came to the sons of Reuben, to the sons of Gad, and to the half-tribe of Manasseh in the land of Gilead, and they spoke with them, saying, Thus says the whole congregation of the Lord, 
this is, uh, what is this unfaithful act which you have committed against the, the God of Israel, turning away from following the Lord this day by building yourselves an altar to rebel against the Lord? So you can see very clearly what Phineas and really what the whole congregation of the nine and a half tribes think about this altar. It's very clear to them that this is an act of rebellion against the Lord. Verse 17, is not the iniquity of Peor enough for us? This is in reference to Numbers 24 and 25. From which we have not cleansed ourselves to this day, although a plague came on the congregation of the Lord, that you must turn away this day from following the Lord. And it will come about if you rebel against the Lord today that he will be angry with the whole congregation of Israel tomorrow. If, however, the land of your possession is unclean, then cross into the land of the possession of the Lord, where the Lord's tabernacle stands, and take possession among us. Only do not rebel against the Lord or rebel against us by building an altar for yourselves besides the altar of the Lord our God. Did not Achan, the son of Zerah, act unfaithfully in the things under the ban, and wrath fall on, on the congregation of Israel? And that man did not perish alone in his iniquity. So all of the nine and a half tribes are, are pleading with these two and a half tribes. What is this stupid act of rebellion that you have done in building this altar? What was your reason for doing it? Are you really going to turn away from the Lord? Don't you remember what happened at Baal Peor? Don't you remember what happened to Achan? They're pleading with them, please, if there's something unclean about your land, come live over here. Don't do this wicked thing. I think the application for us today is as we see other believers in the Lord Jesus Christ who might be falling into sin, we really have a responsibility to reach out to them in love and help to restore them to the best of our ability. It's not simply sticking our nose where it doesn't belong. It's getting involved in their lives for their protection, zealous for God's holiness, to attempt to restore them to the truth. Now, this is what the people of Israel think is going on here, but as we will find out next time, the two and a half tribes actually have a different motive for building this altar. And we'll hear more about that in the next session. Thank you for listening to the Emmaus Radio Ministry Podcast. This ministry is possible because of the generous contributions from our partners around the world. For more information about partnering with us, please visit Emmaus.edu slash partner.